Welcome to Curiosity Publix uh, Podcast. This is Dutch. This is Jules. Dylan. Jules cannot contain his laughter for some reason. <laughs> Speaking uh, of crosstalk. Yeah, exactly. So uh, welcome to another episode of our podcast, guys. We've got it's been a, while. a couple of interesting... Yeah, it's been a week. It comes out every every week. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know where Jules has been, but um, so uh, interesting topics today. We've got a little bit of a central theme to them, which I think is is kind of good. Spirits, rare. Well, beyond just talking about spirits, that's like they're almost. There's, I mean, sometimes we don't even talk about spirits. That's true. We're uh, but I think I think it should be interesting. Before we get to that, what are you guys sipping on, Dylan? I see you nosing something. What is that? No, so I, I've been um, what you uh, youngsters have said uh, pre gaming. Is that the term? So I've been. Yeah. Gaming. Dude, youngsters don't even use that term. <laughs> gaming for this podcast. Wait, wait, wait. Remember, I'm from the 1920s. 1820s. So I'm drinking. I'm drinking Sam Houston 15 year. Okay. Nice. Not the 14, but 15 year. Now, here's the crazy part of this. I was on uh, pins and needles. Is that a phrase too? I was on pins and needles because I was waiting for this delivery to occur. And you have to sign for it. You know me, I'm uh, I'm very busy. I'm a busy man. And so I'm, sometimes I'm not at the house. And I'm trying to coordinate this, make sure that I, I am here to get it. It was a huge thing. It was a huge deal. It's very stressful because I didn't want the 15 year to go back to the distribution center and then get ruined or lost or returned to sender. And just to clarify, folks, you know, because Dylan actually lives in the upper crusty hills of Beverly Hills, and yet he's still worried about, about porch pirates. So <laughs> hence his anxiety when shipping any product to his house. But wait, is that the entire story <laughs> that you just had anxiety, but then you got the bottle without any issue <laughs> exactly because he got it anyway so what is he talking about <laughs> well we're gonna we're probably gonna be cracking into that uh, no i shared with you soon. this anxiety last week remember yeah yeah i, yeah, remember. I yeah. said oh man i don't know where this bottle is it's freaking me out it might be lost yada 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 but you got it so all, all is good with the universe uh, do you want to give us your thoughts Dylan's it... compound the gardener's you know sign for his shipping Come on. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Look, I got... It's yes, all I, concrete. There's no gardeners. Dude. Exactly. I, I will, hence the compound. I will admit there are... you know, the fortress. I, I think there's like seven cameras now. And uh, the house is protected by the Second Amendment. So... <laughs> Wow, this could be an entire podcast episode on yeah, its own. That alone. Um, but wow. anyway, do you want to give us a teaser uh, about the fifteen, or you want to let us? Okay, so we're going to be cracking into that on a, in a live. I'm not going to go into the details, but I want to tell you my kind of a emotional response when I nosed it. It brought me back to the '90s, like the old school bourbon smell, like the first time I had a really robust liquor, and then the palate was surprising, actually. I think it needs to open up a little bit, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to try it again with you guys. Cool. Very Enjoy. nice. All right, Jules, what do you got? So I do have another uh, podcast first. Oh, I'm nice. actually cracking open. Whoa. Elijah Craig Bell proof. What? Uh, B520, though. This was the only one I was able to get. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> That's like the best one. That's of like the best, the best one. I know. <laughs> Jules is like, only I only have I was 10 bottles. I was trying to get the C as well, but this <laughs> but one actually the... happened to find on the shelf and uh, was able to get it. So, Well, if you want me to Here's give you to all of us. If you give, if give you the C920, I have that one too. So if you want to drink that. Mr. Humble, sure Jules is like, this. let me see what I have in my modest bunker. Oh, another bottle of yeah, electric. Only 10 bottles. <laughs> 10 <laughs> 
<laughs> Nobody believes Ten that. bottles on my shelf, guys. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to be doing a fresh crack. I was going to save this for a live, but I know we want to do a review on this probably sooner than, than that. So I'm going to be cracking into Scotty Pippen's digits Whoa. today. Oh, yeah. You know what? Forget this podcast. I just want to know what this tastes like. No, don't tell us. Don't tell you? Okay. No, fact, no, no. Shield your face. I don't see your reaction. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Dutch will well, taint it. It's so it. easy to read Dutch's It was face. actually in, a, in another podcast episode. We were talking about this. I don't know if that's going to have aired by the time this comes out, but I actually ordered it online during that recording. Right. And it showed up, I think, like two or three days later. It was one of the quickest wow, times I'd ordered something online and got it delivered. And that's really our topic today, for the most part, is buying Dang. booze online. Look at this king of segues over wow. here, dude. Well, who cares? I don't care about that. Seriously, Drink the I, thing I, and I want to okay. know. <laughs> All right. So a little, a little, we'll do a little uh, nosing here real quick of okay. the digits. Uh, look at his face, Jules. Oh, I see it. Uh, oh, uh, whoa. Mm. I was not expecting this. Uh, <laughs> like no reaction. <laughs> Mm, no reaction is not a good reaction. Okay, I know exactly. No, that's a good thing. Look at this. I know exactly how you off. guys are going to Oh, react. man, you know what that face He's looks not like? put off. <laughs> that face looks like Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like that. It's not like that. It, it, it's different no. than that. But I think that this will remind you guys of something. So I want to see how that James goes. T. Kirk. James T. Kirk. <sighs> well, we'll, we'll have to Black get end. But anyway, as I was mentioning, I ordered this online for delivery. And, you know, alcohol delivery is a big deal these days. So much so that there's a recent article. We're going to start talking about Moe Hennessy Campari basically doing a big e-commerce play. I found this actually fascinating. Um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at that article yet, but they basically, they haven't completely purchased, but they've bought a big equity stake in a company called Tanico, which is an online retailer for wines and premium spirits, I think mostly in Italy, but they're basically trying to get into the EU e-commerce market and they're going to start bringing their spirits obviously there. But to actually see one of these big brands basically say, look, the future is e-commerce, investing in that heavily. What do you guys think of that? I think it's amazing. I think this is what you wanted, Dutch. I... You wanted your favorite word, disruption, to occur. Well, I think what they're trying to do is they're going to try to <laughs> corner the market Probably. I mean, how big it is seems like it's really big. Yeah. Yeah. And so if they're successful there, I can't see why they can't replicate that model in the United States as well. Yeah. I want interesting, an interesting test to see how this does with kind of one e-commerce player in Europe and whether or not it does well enough that they're going to start looking at other markets. I'm sure the pandemic has changed a lot of people's minds about commerce and the idea of consumerism. I mean, if you remember right before the pandemic, the word of the year in 20 19 was consumerism. Every single boardroom and business meeting uh, revolved around that term. And the 2020, they had to kind of sit down and rethink how that's going to work out. And, you know, the idea that you want something now or yesterday continues, how you achieve that. I think Amazon proved once again that they were king during the pandemic and everybody else had to adapt. Restaurants had to completely shift and deliver everything essentially during that period. Right. And so there's a definitely a bigger momentum now. And I think this is a result of that. I think they're going to be successful. I think they're going to knock it out of the park. Yeah. Do you guys think it will lead to anything in the US like this? I mean, could you imagine like Brown Foreman buying a stake in like, this is like Brown Foreman buying a stake in like Uber or, delivery or, or DoorDash or something, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm, well, I'm looking... I, have a, I have a more important question to ask both of you. How do you pronounce that acquisition that Tanico <laughs> I was saying TanicoAppropriate.com. Yeah. Tanico's first transformational step with acquisition of 
I don't know what you're talking no about. No one else read the article, apparently. I did. I don't see what you're talking about, though. <laughs> well, it was the reason why oh, they partnered oh, oh. with uh, Tanico is because they've made this acquisition. Venta this... alla propriete? I don't know. Exactly. Online retail. Online retailer of uh, spirits and wines. Well, we'll post the link to the article and you guys can read it for yourselves. And let us know how to pronounce it. But I mean, I do think that's an interesting thing. Like what, what would happen if one of the big brands here did something like this? How would people react? And I think that's going to kind of segue into our next topic. I just feel like when it comes to this stuff, I don't know if it's really a test. Oh, we're not done yet. Dude. Okay, <laughs> go, dude. <laughs> because seriously, like, uh, can they really grab a test of how U.S. buyers will react, behave to an online commerce platform that's in Europe? No, like, say, they, like they don't tr- necessarily track the same as a. Uh, they're copying the U.S. Man, what are you talking about? They're copying Amazon. Yeah, but not for spirits. Yeah, but not for spirits. They don't ship spirits. Amazon doesn't ship spirits. Thing. Yeah. Right yeah, now, is... the biggest thing is delivery companies, right? Exactly, but not actually shipping. But not really shipping. And my so point right? being, like, does this really provide that market glimpse into the U.S. economy? Yeah, I, I, I think it's. I interesting. really don't think it does. Uh, well, so, so right now, like, let's wait, 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 back. wait. Amazon delivers liquor. No, they don't ship it. We're ship. talking shipping. So let's get. We'll get to shipping, but let's follow this thread of. of about delivery because the next article we want to talk about is about GoPuff, which is a big, I guess they deliver vape, is it called? Vapes. Vapes and booze. Booze. They've they've raised a ton of money and they've been acquiring liquor companies. We've talked about this in past podcasts, but there's a big kind of expose on Vice about how it's the worst place to work for because there are bosses, but there's no benefits. And these people are gig employees. They're not gig workers, not even employees. This is how alcohol delivery has been working for a lot of people during the pandemic is you order from the grocery store, from the liquor store, if you live in a a state where you can do this kind of thing, and your Uber Eats or your DoorDash, or in this case, GoPuff will handle the last mile delivery. Do you think this would be the closest thing we'd see? Like one of the big players basically saying, well, actually, it wouldn't be the big players. It would be the large chain liquor stores like BevMo here, which is now owned by GoPuff doing this. So a kind of a different approach that we're seeing here. It's not straight (laughs) from the producer. It's kind of the middleman or actually the and mortar places taking this step to e-commerce. Kind of right. a different approach, huh? Well, and that's what's fascinating to me is that I did not know or realize that GoPuff was that large so that it could buy out Bevmo. SoftBank. Instant, yeah, I know, but they I mean, instinctively it would have yeah. been just more of, I would have thought the reverse first, you yeah. know, that Bevmo would be acquiring GoPuff and then it would be a market play for Bevmo. But Yeah, and then was it Vinny's opposite. or something? The other liquor right. chain they also bought? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, if you kind of put the name Uber on here and thought like, what would happen if Uber bought Total Wine or something like yeah, that? Basically, <laughs> like, that's what I mean, it is. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I think this is a weird step though, right? Because like I said, this isn't really, to me, this isn't really fixing any of the problems. This is just for lazy people who don't want to drive to the store. The bigger issue is the shipping side of it, which I think is actually way more interesting, which I guess kind of takes us to our last topic, unless you guys want to say more on delivery services. Uh, well, you kind of <laughs> missed the whole point of the- Glazed over. Well, well, yeah, we, <laughs> this is the same thing. Here. Every gig economy <laughs> complainer will say that the working conditions suck. I mean, it's the same thing with Uber same thing with Amazon. What, do you have a, you're going to stand up for the gig workers, Dylan? Wow. I mean, Putting Dylan please. on the spot there. Wow. <laughs> as long as they keep making your deliveries on time. <laughs> That's all Dylan cares about. That's all Dylan cares. They have to hit the delivery window or no tip. Oh, oh says every time. Right. Well, okay, look, we can't tackle the gig economy issues here. There's, there's, well, this one is different in that GoPuff has apparently a different business model. Th- they do, than, yeah. Like yeah. what Uber and the other gig economy businesses run. I mean, I guess they have like a line of middle managers that the drivers have to report to that have some control, I guess, over a 
our customers' orders. Like a multi-level though. marketing ploy. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Which is, I mean, I, I think that was the fascinating, before we move on, I think that was just the fascinating thing about this article, Reed. It's just like you get a, a brief glimpse of how GoPuff is structured and it's like, they're the ones delivering alcohol and <laughs> vapes and this is their business model. Like what's going on? Yeah. yeah. It's going to be interesting. I'm sure that, you know, anywhere we've seen the litigation against Uber and, and um, the others, uh, you read this article and you're like, whoa, <laughs> like, this is way worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's crazy. I read this article and it's like, oh, Matt, here come more unions. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's exactly what Amazon's paying hundreds of millions for to prevent. Right. And I'm sure GoPuff is trying to do the same thing, but it's like, this is exactly why there are unions. Yeah. Well, the, so let's move uh, on to the postal service. Let's move on to the postal service because this is where I wanted topic. to get, which is, I think it's a fascinating topic, mainly because I order a lot of alcohol online because we have a YouTube channel where we review as many different kinds of alcohol as possible and it's hard to get everything. Uh, but there's a new push for the United States Postal Service to start shipping alcohol. They're actually forbidden by Congress to accept alcohol shipments of any kind. But there is now, people are looking at this because there's so much, you know, so many problems with the USPS. It hasn't really been financially solvent. And then there was all the stuff that happened at the during the election last year with the USPS basically taking machines offline and whatnot, you know, which was part of their charter to cut costs, right? I understand that. But this is seen as a way to increase revenue for the USPS. And a lot of the people pushing for this are pointing to wine shipments, which have been allowed or a recent history of wine vineyards shipping bottles directly using things like uh, FedEx and DHL and other delivery services and really doing it and showing that it works. So now the push is, can the USPS maybe do this and just start accepting alcohol following the same precautions that FedEx or a DHL or a UPS follow, which is, you know, requiring a proof ID for the delivery. Sure. What do you guys think? By I the way, I'm hundred percent behind this. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it's great. Clear. I think it's great. It allows mm-hmm. more access. And I think that's always good. We have folks in different parts of the country that could really benefit from this. The problem is the states still have restrictions, right? So right. it'll benefit us, for example, in California, but in some states, even though United States Postal Service may open up, it's not going to be beneficial. Now, I do think that they should do it anyway, because it, I think it's a huge revenue, yeah. right? Well, they're saying up to 180 million additional Ooh. revenue for the USPS. Yeah. They deliver everything else. I mean, they also have required <laughs> signatures, right? I send documents that require signatures and certified mail, and they have all these services. Yeah. Why not Just alcohol? Check an ID. Yeah. Not that hard, right? Well, so, look, as, as the movie, uh, The Postman taught us, I mean, the Postal Service is the backbone of this country, especially in a post-apocalyptic world. It's true. And I honestly oh, don't man. understand <laughs> why that movie did so badly. I, no, well, that's an awesome movie. <laughs> I agree. Wasn't Tom Petty in that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Why is there such an argument where their business model is based off cents? You know, everyone's up in arms when it's like a three cent increase in mailing an envelope. It's like, what the, just slap on a dollar already to that thing and fix all your financial problems. I don't wow. get it. This is a no brainer as well. Start shipping alcohol if this yeah. increases revenue, 180 million. That fixes everything. I mean, they're literally, they were the first, you know, what they referred to as the, the last mile in the shipping and whatnot. They were there first. Yeah. And they should be like the king of that. They should be I don't understand. It. Yeah. Why they're not killing. Well, it, it will be interesting. I mean, if this passes, it's called the USPS Shipping Equity Act, which has been introduced by um, a couple of different representatives and they've even got a senator on board with it. So, you know, it, it would allow the USPS to do this. And then all those states, I think there's something like 10 states that allow 
itself for the shipping and receiving of liquor. I think they're going to see a boom. And if distilleries start working this way, because we know that Kentucky's introduced legislation to start shipping or allow them to sell direct. I mean, maybe like you guys, like I said, what was it a year ago about, <laughs> wouldn't it be great? Yeah. <laughs> These distilleries the started running the, the raffles of their limited stuff, shipping it direct to the consumer. Let's get yeah. rid of the middleman. Let's get rid of the markup crap. Let's make it happen, guys. Or they could set up a, uh, a shell company in another state that like ships. Washington. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, My <yeah>. theory. <laughs> and just ship it out from there. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, that. I think the bigger issue will be the pressure put on the states that don't allow it by their consumers. You yeah. know, the constituents there are going to be saying like, hey, look, I can't score my Pappy Van Winkle anymore because Buffalo Trace holds their lottery every year and right. they only ship to 10 states. They would never do that. They should. Yeah. Because we can. Which is why you can see this backfiring though on distillers. And it's like distillers will not expand yet. You don't think, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if they can yeah. make more Because if money, they can only send it to the 10 states, come on. I don't like know, a dude. handful of states, that does nothing. It'll sell out. Doesn't matter what it'll, it is. It, doesn't yeah, it'll, sell it sells out now. Yeah, but That's they can make point. more money. They can make 100% this way instead of having to sell it, you know, to the middleman. The distributors are the ones that are hurting their bottom line in a sense. And it's true. The question they can, is, they can with charge the, MSRP. Potentially. Right. If they start doing that with their limited mm-hmm. allocated stuff, then I, I think what happens is the middlemen say, okay, well, I'm not going to ship your Jim Beam white label if you're going to be selling your bookers online only. They're going to basically stick it to them, try to stick it to them. Yeah, so who knows? They still need the middleman. That's my point. That's you're exactly right. why. Right. They I do mean, right they now. Need them. Yeah. So we'll see how that fleshes out over the next year. We'll see if Congress can actually do anything, if they can actually pass a law. I will be amazed if that happens. But anyway. All right, guys. At the end of the day, I'm a fan of this. I like this movement of increasing the consumer's ability to purchase the goods that they want. That's how I see it. Any closing thoughts, guys? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're getting to a point where there should only be like a handful of things you can't get shipped to your house, right? Like what? I can't even think of it. <laughs> things thing. that are I can illegal. get a car. <laughs> I can buy a car and right. it'll get shipped to my house online. I mean, well, you can't like have explosives alcohol. or like guns. firearms. Guns. <laughs> Again, okay, like a handful of things, but that's it. It's amazing. You're right. It's getting there. We're, we're getting <laughs> there. Like, we're pruning the, the, the rain. Utopia is coming, guys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, then what is it called? The wall will be 20 feet high. Ooh. You know, and... The wall at your compound, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. <laughs> now this joking. is another porch pirate thing. <laughs> Dylan has to worry <laughs> Dylan's going to start the purge. Yeah. Because <laughs> he yeah. can't get his pappy or he can't the get his purge <laughs> You know, that was the most <laughs> part about that trailer. <laughs> it's the wow. forever purge. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's your problem with the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my only problem with that. Hey, I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, did we meet David Brent? We did, right? Or was it William Gibson? Because uh, I, I remember, I think it was. I think it was Brent. Yeah, we met Bren because he talked about the postman. Well, in fact, Jules, didn't you ask him about oh. the postman? This was in that sci-fi class. Yeah. I didn't actually that take me? that. that but I sat me. in with you guys a bunch, I remember. That uh, might have been me. I mean, it, it, that sounds really familiar. <laughs> Yeah, well, because it's like I'm the only fan in that room. Yeah, everybody's like, "Who is this dude?" Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll have wow. to ask a friend, <laughs> Mr. Pease. Mr. Uh, that's what I was going to say, Mr. Pease. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, we'll stop being stupid. And I was going to say. I was going to say. I was going to say. We need white, to invite Mr. Pease on the show, dude. <laughs> Mr. Pease. Pothole. That was his uh, nickname when we played soccer, actually, because he uh, fell. Where that's there was, right. All he the said time. there was a pothole, but there was, there was nothing there. There's no divot. There's no divot. Nothing. <laughs> 
All right, guys. Well, this has been an interesting topic. Uh, hopefully we didn't get too far off the rails, but Jules, please take us out. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, if you haven't, be sure to check out our YouTube channel. We got new content up there weekly where we do reviews and drink throughs. If you like what we do, want to help us out, be sure to check out Curiosity Private, which is our membership program on YouTube. That really does help our channel out. Let's us know that you guys like what we're doing. We are also selling t-shirts, which also helps us out. There's going to be links in the description. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay curious. I can remember what Scotty Pippen said was like, I want it, it's smooth. He kept saying, Yeah, he said smooth. ultra smooth, and that's how it that's reads. That's not how I would describe this. <laughs> I don't describe, I don't like to describe any whiskey that way, but I oh, mean, you know what? I think I was at the large chain liquor store, and one of the employees they were trying to sell a uh, one of the one of the spirits, and he kept using that term smooth, smooth, yeah, was it yeah, Glenn Fodry. <laughs> Dude, they push that stuff, man. And I just kept saying like, oh, yeah, yeah, man. Um, this is really smooth. This is really smooth. Cool story, bro. I can't say anything because I use that word. <laughs> you should start using that in All the time. Oh, this is buttery smooth. Buttery. <laughs>